Hello, lady and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Hooniverse podcast. Jeff is off fucking doing something somewhere, like he always is. So, uh, and so is everyone else. So I'm stuck with you, Chris. Oh, you flatter me, Blake. God damn it, Chris. So Chris Hayes, our 31. podcast producer, who is not actually chiming in randomly on his iPad now, and he's actually in front of the mic. Yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of bad. I mean, we did two or three of them where I was on the mic for a while there, because... Between you and Jeff, nobody's ever We just ever don't here. know anything about cars. Jeff and I don't know anything about cars, and it's really no. Chris that's just holding us together. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. am the glue that keeps this he, machine he going. He is the atlas yeah. of this terrible, terrible production. Yeah. Now if I shrug, then we're all fucked. Yeah, then we'd have Bad to... Bad Ayn Rand reference. I don't like Ayn Rand. Yeah, I was about to say, then we'd have to just be dicks to each other, I assume. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's get right into it, right? You Absolutely. Were we were talking about how it's kind of a slow season because the auto shows haven't started yet. Yeah, I mean, we're we're sitting here and we're kind of making our SEMA plans, and you know, I've been I've been planning some stuff for the uh, LA Auto Show, uh, yeah. even though that's a little ways off. But um, and it's LA Auto Show and Tokyo Motor Show at the same time. Is it? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Mark Vaughn, you know, my lovely co-editor out here, is gonna not be in LA but in Tokyo. And I was thinking, you know, why didn't they invite someone from Auto Week from Detroit? So, you know, you get the two L.A. guys to go to the L.A. auto show. But actually, I assume the ticket's probably cheaper from L.A. to Detroit. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'd love to go to Tokyo again because Tokyo is awesome. And See, um, I haven't ever been to Tokyo. I'd love to go to Tokyo if only to put on, like, a Godzilla suit. You'd be huge And there. just wander around. Yeah, I'm six feet tall, so that's, in Tokyo, I'm a that's giant That's lacist. That is lacist. <laughs> <laughs> but the, or, or Glucker's even taller than I am. Glucker's, Glucker's like a beast. six two. Yeah, he'd be he'd be a I, real giant. Man. I don't fit in because I'm a five foot five Asian. That's not the right Asian. They don't like that Asian. Over no, there. no, no. They don't like any other Asian. Actually, no. You're yeah. You're you're the direct competition yeah, for those yeah. guys. And I can't really speak uh, Japanese. Uh, neither can I. The only Japanese I know is from Soul Calibur. Uh, the only Japanese I know is from Full Metal Alchemist. And now that we've outed ourselves as anime nerds, let's move on to new cars. Yes. New cars, new cars. There's yeah. not a lot of new cars no, right now. No, there's not. There's the big news is the BMW three and four. That's always going to be incredibly awkward. That's like saying, "Oh, um, his and her something something." I think this gender this whole neutral pronouns M three M four swap. I think this lasts one generation, and then they go, "What the fuck did we do?" Yeah, guys, remember the Volkswagen Rabbit? Yeah, that worked well. Yeah. It, that had a little cool badge though. I like the badge. Yeah, and that at least made a little bit of sense because it had historical right. uh, precedence, but. Yeah, because you know what else has historical presence? What's that? Call it the 3 Series. Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, the end of an era, there goes the 3 Series. No, it's still there. You just, just marketing took over the reins of engineering and fucked it up. Yeah. Uh, as often Germans are very good at that. Germans uh, are very good at that. Yeah. Marketing is like the natural enemy of the engineer. Yeah. Um, I know, because I've been an engineer for 15 years, and marketing people and I don't generally get along. Marketers have better hair, they get laid more often, they wear a lot more Express 1MX shirts. Yes, but we make a lot more money, so I'll give them that. Well, you do more stuff. Yeah. I think I think you have to be a high-level engineer to make... Marketers make a lot of money off the bat, and you never know why they make that money. Engineers at least work their asses off while making a lot of money. Yeah, and we can build just cool shit. Yeah. Because you'll go over to any given engineer's house, and they'll be like, here's my quad engine hot rod that I've built for no apparent reason. Also, engineers can't really do as much coke. Well, we can engineer it more efficiently. Though. Yeah, but does it really help with the creative process if you're doing coke? No, no, it's not a good thing. No, exactly. So, 
So Coke and engineering aside, Coke and Co- actually this fits really well with the car we're talking about because the new Why 4 Series g- convertible was out, uh, and a lot of people like to do Coke off those cars. See, I was I thought or you were going to say cars. like a, a Di Tommaso or a uh, no, no 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 we got to start DeLorean. at low levels. This is a low level operation here. See when Chris. when you say Coke, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind is is things that were big in the mid seventies. Well, obviously the DeLorean, yeah, the coolest car ever. The made. DeLorean and the Pantera, are like they're yeah, I think they came with actual Coke trays built in. No, they called them. They called them uh, humidors. Ah, Quote. fair enough. Um, so yeah, BMW the four series convertible looks kind of awkward because that front end is kind of all bulgy and it looks like it's just been bruised. Most, I'd, I'd say, there's very few cars where the convertible actually looks good. Um, you know, the three series convertible used to look good. It good. did, especially the one. I would see. Let's see. E46 3 Series Convertible was a decent-looking car. Really good-looking car. Um, also, the people, the girls that drove those were really good-looking, too. Yeah, especially... You know what? That car was very handsome in the 330 form with a convertible. Yes. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't overly flashy. It was just a nice BMW. Whereas, you know, you get the new M3 M4 twins, and I think the M4 is great in coupe form because it's a throwback to what the E46 M3 was. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the E92s. No, I never liked the way the E92s looked. I do like, actually, I really like the way the 3 Series sedan looks right now. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. The, I, the front end, the grill, how it's kind of like the headlights kind of cut into the grill, that's a great design touch. Yeah, and I think that the, the early um, E92 uh, 3 Series, I love those cars, the way yeah. they look. Yeah. Uh, and then they started introducing the weird uh, hood split, you know, the, the style line down the middle of the hood that started looking vaguely Volvo-ish. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just didn't, they became less appealing as time went on, but no, I think these new ones, the new generation is, what's the designation on it? Is it, is like F F 10 or 30 F 30, I think F 10, I think is the five series. And okay. I stopped, I started tuning out from BMW designations after they switched over to F. Yeah. The Germans have a hard time getting their model designations, right? I mean, Porsche is now back to 991 again and, you know, BMW is whatever yeah, the fuck they feel that's like. That's another thing when they came out with, you know, 996, 997, you think it'd be 998, but why are they at 991? Because Germans. That makes no sense. This is not rational. You have to go up the numbers. I mean, it went from the 911 got its name from being the most practical thing ever and they go, well, we can't be 910. Okay, we'll be 911. Well, also because they were going to call it the 901, the type 901, but Peugeot yeah. got pissed off. Yeah. So it was 911 from there. Speaking of Peugeot, there is yeah. a Peugeot on Craigslist right now in Los Angeles. It's a 307, and it's missing half a bumper and a fender and headlights. And if you want it, it's 1900 bucks. I'm guessing that probably has you half tumescent. What? The Peugeot. It's half what? Half tumescent. Sure. It's from Mexico? Is that what you mean? No, no. It's uh, engorged. Gross. Yeah. Well, it is red. Yeah, well, you know, it's a Peugeot, and it and it's like a French a... car, and you've got that weird affinity for them. And it does look like a scrotum. Do they? I don't remember what the 308 Are you like. talking about if I've been going 6 to midnight? Is that what you're getting at here? Uh, no, what I'm going at is that you rather like French cars. That's really that's really what I've been getting at. And Only that, Citroëns. Citro- Only Citroëns, not... And maybe all... Renaults. Okay. Uh, some of, you know what? I like the French hatches. Put it that way. The little French hot yeah. hatches are cool cars. Yeah, they're cool. I like big Citroens. I, I, big Citroens are cool. I love the C6, and I love every other big Citroen they've ever made. You know, Alex, XM. You know, Alex Roy has one, right? I know SM. I've yeah, driven he's got it. An SM. Oh, you drove his. SM. I drove it last year at Pebble Beach, and it's it's a trip. Yeah, 
I also drove Corbin's Rolls Royce. Both cars, same hydraulic system for the uh, suspension. That doesn't surprise me. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen his new Rolls product. Roll. Corbin was for those of you Trolls that are uninitiated. Royce. He was the uh, zero fucks given RX7 guy. He is nice a, kid. He's been on the podcast. He's a scholar yeah. and a champion. Yeah, he's been on both our, both the shows. Exactly. And um, we talked about his Trolls Royce extensively on the Hooniverse one, and uh, yeah. it it sounds like a truck. And the well, yeah, steering a, is surprisingly modern. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Surprising. Yeah. Even though the wheel is like a fucking ship wheel. I, I'd be very curious to see what that thing's up to at this point. I don't know. He's up in San Jose fucking bitches on his motorcycle. And off that's, his motorcycle. That's commendable on a motorcycle. At while speed. moving? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that Fuck, takes some, fucking uh, bitches. All day that long. takes some skill to actually, you know, Especially on a gear shaft, lightning. clutch, everything while mounting someone. I mean, that's... Well, she's facing Impressive. you. I think it'd be a bit easier. Although you just can't see anything other than tits. I'm not seeing a problem. No, there's not pro- no problems there. Anyway, yeah. You know what else is uh, coming out from Cadillac? The, a, uh, a car you can fuck bitches in, the ELR. <laughs> I love how this is already disintegrated into vehicles that you can fuck people in. Answer is all of them. Yeah, most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all um. Of them. Yeah, the ELR. That is a, that is in a weird it's, place. You know, it's not the it's not so much the pricing, which is seventy five thousand dollars, and it's already gotten people pissed off. Oh, why would I buy that over a vote, which is forty thousand? Well, it's like the XLR versus the Corvette. The XLR looked awesome. I thought it looked really cool, and everyone was just like, "Oh, it's just a Corvette that's twice the price." No, the, the XLR was a good-looking car. Right. The biggest problem with the XLR was they saddled it with the North Star and just instead of just leaving the LS motor in it. The North Stars were not particularly good motors. I always thought North Stars were good motors. No, they were never. They never made a lot of power. I mean, in like top spec, that thing only. I think it only made like even with the supercharged one. I think it was just about four hundred horsepower. Right on a supercharged 4.6, which is not that impressive. Right, um, that and they weren't very reliable. There were a lot of issues with North Stars over there. But they've line. been building them. They at that time, like oh four, oh six, or whatever. They they'd been were building for them for time. like fifteen years. Right. Yeah, they'd been around for a long time, but they were still they still had issues. Have they always been had issues? Because yeah, they were never. Particularly... I've always I've never driven a North Star equipped car, but I've always heard they're really smooth and they are. They're exceptionally smooth, but at the same time, they're also. It was like the redheaded stepchild of GM's engine development program. Huh. You know, it was right at that final end before GM just said, "Okay, cut the shit. Everybody uses the same motors." Right. So it was always in a weird place. But XLR aside, the ELR—it's a good-looking car. Not much I say. I, I'm honestly a bit mixed on this because, on the one hand, you know, it's good that Cadillac has another coupe. On the other hand, I think it's kind of—it has the potential to be a disaster. I don't know if it's going to... What do you mean by a disaster? I mean, for you know, who's going to want to lust after an electric Cadillac, really? Who's going to want to lust after a Tesla? Yeah, but see, that's the problem. You have that price... You have that point right there where the Tesla already has so much cachet and momentum, and Cadillac is just like, okay, we'll have another Volt, which is not a particularly a beloved car in the electric car realm. The Volt? Not really, no. I don't know. I think people who a have them love of... them, but people aren't really dazzled by them. And I don't know if Cadillac will be able to dazzle them with the ELR. I but... think, but I think that's exactly what the ELR, the space the ELR is going to fit. Uh, mind you, I think that they should have come in under that seventy grand mark 
because the, now they're going to go up against Teslas. Right. And, let's and that's re- the disaster component. Of right. It. And this is to be realistic with these vehicles. You are. It's mostly people that are living in in big urban centers that are buying them that have right. a lot of extra money thrown to line around to throw at them. Right. So, Santa Monica. Santa Monica. I mean, L.A., San Francisco. I mean, Boston, New York, Miami. These are you know big urban centers. Right. And at which point mileage isn't a huge concern because it's not like you're going to exhaust the mileage on the Tesla driving in a, from, in a driving day's from drive. Driving Lululemon to Tender Greens, right. Right, for the most part. I mean, they're extenuating circumstances. But um, the ELR, yeah, it's got more, more range than it, but I highly doubt it's going to be any nicer than the Tesla. And it's not very exclusive. But exactly. it's also a very handsome car. I'll give it that. You know? As Blake is looks it? at the ELR. Yes, is it? It's a it's a coupe exclusively. Yeah. And okay, I think that's it's, interesting. It's kind of if Lamborghini suddenly decided to get ecologically responsible, it kind of looks like the car they'd produce. I think it looks like if Lamborghini was still bought by Chrysler and still stuck with that cab forward thing. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. That that bit. was that for an obscure reference. Remember the cab forward cars? Yeah, that was not a good era. Yeah, um, Cirrus, the cloud cars. Um, no, you're, you're kind of making me warm up to the ELR. You know, it'd be interesting to drive if it actually performs better than the Volt, even if I that's completely unnecessary. I don't think it's going to perform any better than the Volt. I really don't. I think it's going to be... And, but that's not a detractor. The Volt does exactly what it does very, very well. The key thing that this is going to do is this is going to give people, you know, the range luxury car that they wanted, right. although I think realistically for the market they're going after it probably would have been better as a sedan as far as sales go um yeah that would have nothing to differentiate it from like the x xts or the cts except the major fuel economy gains right which is part of the reason that people buy these things is not only but also the price too would kind of negate that seventy five thousand dollars you know that's a lot of money for that's a lot of money for this car. You know, this is actually an example where the the marketers have to. It's all down to marketing right now. The engineers yeah. have already you know done, put in their efforts with the vote, so um, it's all down to the marketers who have to make sure this car retains whatever cachet Cadillac is trying to gain and has now because they they're a good car company now, and the marketers have to make it look exclusive and sexy and appealing and luxurious and sell this lifestyle that Tesla's already nailed down. Like, remember when the Prius came out and, like, Brad Pitt bought one and George Clooney had six or whatever? Oh, yeah, it was the same thing that happened with the Insight years right. before that. And the the Tesla, of course, you know, yeah. it's, it's a cool car driven by cool, environmentally friendly people. So... That's the sort of thing that Cadillac needs to not fuck up on. The I marketing. think Tesla is almost transcending that, though, the notion of I want just an ecologically sound car. I think that that's a nice benefit to the side of it is that it requires no maintenance, really, and it's not burning fossil fuel. So that's right. a nice aside to it. But I think on top of that, it's just it's a nice, large car. You know? Yeah, but it's still got some of that magic, like, oh, your neighbor's going to come out of the house and ask you lots of questions about it. Yeah. You know what? I think we're probably a little bit jaded on it just because you and i see them literally probably 10 to 20 a day yeah so it's but i could see definitely somewhere else where people are like ooh, tesla so. and we're also jaded in the sense that the elr is going to be a really good car but people are going to oh, yeah. be like oh it's you just it's just a chevy volt isn't it and then you're going to be like no 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 it listen it's got it's a cadillac and it's a coupe and you know the fisker had this problem fisker used the gm ecotech engine 
in, in its drivetrain. So a lot of people were like, isn't it just a Chevy Volt? And Which even, is so funny because they yeah. had those cars had, other than the engine, right. had nothing in common. Exactly. Completely different uses of that One engine. One was rear-wheel drive. The other's front-wheel drive. I mean... And even I've made this mistake before. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. Let's oh. not talk about that. Okay, fair enough. I'm responsible for five figures out of business. Ah, oh, shit. That's well, right, Henry. Maybe, you take that. You owe me money. You know, you may not want to go to that Bob Lutz thing on the 26th then. No, I might because he really... I want to see his Destino thing where he just... Yeah. Puts V8s in them. So... Like America intended. For other people that may not be as aware of obscure conversions as we are, the... What, what's the name of it again? It was the VL Destino, which sounds like... Actually, I wrote the article for Auto Weekend. I think we mentioned that it sounds like one of uh, Brillasconi's more manlier strippers. That or it also sounds like maybe some sort of a medication that they're advertising during your favorite sitcom. Please call a doctor if VL Destino lasts more than four hours. Yes. Um, anyway, this was introduced at the Detroit Auto Show where Bob Lutz, who is in charge of this, along with another guy who's, uh... Who's unimportant, largely. Apparently unimportant, but I guess he built jets or something, which Bob Lutz likes. So, um, they bought up a bunch of Fisker bodies from the factory in Valmet, Finland, and they're basically just cramming, uh, ZR1 engines in them. Yeah. And restyling the front end so it doesn't look like the guy in the Pringles can. Yes, which I th- that is my only real issue with the Fisker shape, the front end. I've never been crazy about, yeah. but with an LS nine, I mean, it's really kind of a straightforward conversion because you've got a lot of room under the you got a lot of room in the quote unquote engine bay, you know, on that car, right. and then it's re- it was rear drive to begin with. So as far as conversions and swaps go, that's not too bad. And the best part is like the point I mentioned here was that Fisker. The guy, he created this his beautiful glittering vision of an ecological future where every where beautiful it's sweeping Heinrich cars Fisker, with his right? what? It's Heinrich Fisker, right? Heinrich Fisker, yeah, yeah. His his beautiful split grill design that was his signature trademark would be powering on the front of these beautiful ecological cars. And then Bob Lutz comes around and says, Fuck it, we're putting a V eight in it, we're making the front end square. Fuck you. Well, he came to them to the point where they were desperate to start selling. That's these true. Things too. Fisker, you dirty, dirty man whore. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that the whole Destino thing is probably going to be pretty much dead in the water. It's dead already. Yeah. You know, the other best part is that at the same time at Detroit this year that Bob Lutz was doing the VL Destino thing, he was at Via Motors where they basically take V8s out of Chevy Savannah vans and put electric drivetrains in them. So it's almost Ooh. a complete 180 for both of these guys. Yeah, so it's like an even swap. Yeah, so Bob Lutz is a maestro and he, maestro, and he is a genius you know what, though? The electric van thing, and I was having a discussion with my dad the other day, and we were electric talking about... You guys normally talk about electric vans? Every once in a while. Guys starting a band? Yeah, yeah. Folk um, band? What's that? Folk band? Lots of washboards? Uh, no, I mean, it's it's more electronic-based, because you've got to have the electric van to go with it. Oh, of course. So you're basically um, Beck. Uh, that, and somewhere across between Beck in that scene in Revenge of the Nerds, where they have the concert at the end of it. I never saw Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, that's because you're not old enough. That's because I'm not 70. Also, maybe it's Beck, a little bit of Beck, a little bit of Moby. You gotta shave your head now. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna be a good look for me. You gotta look like Voldemort. Oh, God, no. Anyway, Um, you're talking to your dad, whose name is Moby. So, we were talking about, and it's just like, the idea of having electric vehicles for fleet service makes a lot of sense, because... Most of these, most of these vans and stuff like this, they're just running around town. It's not like they're doing a long distance thing. You know, you buy it for your flower shop, and you buy it because you're a carpenter. Or you buy it because you've got a, ro- a carpet cleaning business or something like that. 
and you do a 20-mile trek across town, you do your job for the day, and you drive it home. Yeah. So now you've got a vehicle that requires almost no maintenance, uses no fuel. It's great. It's right. an appliance. You can probably get a huge tax credit for it. Yeah, you do. And, you know. um, you know, so that negates the price. Are there any electric vans out there? There's, like, electric SUVs. Not that I'm aware of. No, there are no electric vans. Like a Nissan NV200 electric would be great. I think that serious. I think that's an untapped part of the market. That if one of these manufacturers came out with like a fleet van, Ford Transit Connect EV, put the Focus drivetrain in it, EV yeah. drivetrain in it. Yeah, it'd be it'd fantastic. Probably, probably be really, really. Good. And the Transit Connects on the Focus platform anyway. Oh yeah. There might be a loss of cargo room, but not that much because you're gaining a lot from having a van in the first place. That and your batteries are all going to be mounted low on the floor, and yeah, you know, And also, how many azaleas are going to stuff in that florist van? Well, you know, uh, that that's that's a question as old as time. That um, is true. One so, for the ages. Yes, I believe. Um, so back to uh, Cadillac. Yeah. Have you got your hands on a new CTS yet? I drove it briefly at track day. Um, it's nice. Although I have to say, going around the track, there's this panicky seatbelt thing that kind of tensions up when it realizes you're driving a, li- a little too huskily. Uh, so that's have fun. Done that for that's some a time. lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. But it's really panicky where you're going down Willow Springs and you're kind of pulling a Kimi like, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. And all of a sudden it's just like, argh, 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 choking you. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's they're stepping up their game on the, on the um, safety stuff even more because they're going after a whole higher end segment with that car. I mean, that's very impressive. I do like this rumbly seat thing. I, I, I have not spent any time in it, and I bring it up just because I saw Alex Nunez of Road and Track today just raving about that car, going, CTS? this changes the entire midsize luxury game. It's pretty good. I mean, yeah. it's not that. I mean, the interior is great. The gauges are still it's the same problem I had with the Corvette. Too confusing, too many options. Um, they look good, but they are kind of confusing. Okay. At a glance, and well, you know what? I, I didn't say get a chance to play a lot of a lot of Audi products and BMW products at times too. Thing with the see, thing is though, Audi the the center screen on the Audi it's very clear and it's very it's not like there aren't fifteen hundred colors in them and they're not trying to dazzle you with graphics. It's very straightforward and it's very, you know, here's the info you need. Here here are lines dividing all the information you need. It's you can tell some guy designed it. He had he was very skinny with a turtleneck and thin glasses. Oh, so a former Saab owner. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, Some guy who appeared in the Helvetica documentary. Yeah, I think they it. just need to hand hand all of that design over to Apple Design Department and just let them have at it. Yeah, honestly. Um, but which model did you drive? What motor did you have it in? I think it, it was, was the V-Sport. So it was the V-Sport. So it was the new 3.6 Twin Turbo. It was the 3.6. How'd that, how'd that feel? The engine, engine was fantastic. Was it? Yeah, it's great. Because it's the same engine in the ATS, right? No, no. The three. So the three six that's in the rest of the GM lineup right now is just the naturally aspirated three six. Okay. This is the first application of a turbocharged variant to that motor. Ah, okay. Um, I gotta drive it again. I think actually might we might have it going up to SEMA or something because the um you know it's got a lot. Of, I didn't that'd be drive a great it. car to take to SEMA. I you know my impression of it was that the seatbelt was panicky and the wood was really nice inside because I didn't drive it for too long at track day. But yeah. I'm looking forward to it again. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the full-on V version of that and see what they do with it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is doesn't look that awkward in person. The rear end, it's got, like, these huge just flat surfaces with little angles in the back and everything. In the rear end, it kind of looks like like the early – the first Eldorado. You know, that rear end on the Eldorado where it's just, like, all these yeah. soft – all these – 
kind of soft angles and lots of surface area. It's very dramatic. It's almost boat tailish. Hmm. Lots of soft angles and lots of surface. It's area. kind of like you know the first tornado, the '67 tornado. It's got a bit of that yeah, going on. I'm thinking on there. that's also like going to the beach in like Florida, on the west coast of Florida. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, lots of surface area and soft angles. Is this a fat joke? Very, very heavy population. I'm not a thin man, and I can make that joke. You're thin for Florida. You're Florida thin. For west coast of Florida, yes, I'd be thin. So. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely definitely an old man's car. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of that, we should actually bring this up. My that? my father, who is let me talk about my father real quick. He is a tenured professor. Did he you guys is, talk about vans too? No, no, uh, no it's just me and my dad. I know. No, uh, my dad doesn't know much about cars, but he came to America in '85. You know, he created me. And then um, he's a tenured professor in New England. So if Saab was around, I would get him to get a 9.3. But he is looking for a new car. And he wants entry-level luxury. I think – I'm pretty sure he wants entry-level luxury because he's told me he's always wanted a big Cadillac. So someday mm-hmm. I'm going to buy him a Fleetwood for like four grand, like an LT1 Fleetwood. And we're going to drive across the country listening to nothing but uh, Howlin' Wolf. No, you won't because it will break down 600 miles into it. Okay, we'll listen to Howlin' Wolf out of AAA guy comes. <laughs> How can an LT1 break? Are they that unreliable? Uh, LT1s? Yeah. Uh, OptiSpark. What? Oh. Opticrop, OptiCrap. The, the uh, ignition system on the LT1 motors is awful. Is it replaceable with something retrofitted? Uh, not without a lot of work. Yeah, they were just awful. Oh. Um, well, fuck. I've always wanted one of those Fleetwoods. Yeah, you, you're better off just doing an engine swap. Um, yeah, okay. that was like okay, I believe I that, that the ignition system was built by Mitsubishi, if my memory cor- my memory serves me correct. This is a revenge for Pearl Harbor. Uh, Actually, a revenge for Nagasaki. Yeah, well, you know, it's got you know the ignition system has all the reliability of an early uh, 1990s Mitsubishi product. Oh yeah, Mitsubishi, the only Japanese company whose products were unreliable. Yeah, yeah. That's snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, ladies and gentlemen. They're like Japan's Chrysler. That's very appropriate. Yeah, it's extraordinarily. Oh, well, appropriate. and of course they were they were Lashed partners up with Chrysler, with yeah. Chrysler forever. But anyway, um, my mom emailed me and she was like, uh, "How about a Mercedes CLA? Because they're under thirty grand." And there you go, Mercedes. You're welcome. Your under thirty grand marketing strategy has finally filtered down to my mom, who reads nothing but MSN autos. Mm-hmm. Twenty nine thousand nine hundred dollars on the on not the a single person is going to buy it for that price. You won't ever find one on a lot that way. No, because that and will be. That's going to be like the German transport specials that you, that are you know all over. It needs big black bumpers and like door moldings and like a little in, in beige or like seafoam green, a little taxi sign on the front to pick you up from FRA. Yeah, these are like the free. These are going to be like the the twenty nine thousand dollar version is going to be like the reparations Mercedes that Israel gets for free. It's yeah, it's like the Marshall Plan of Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. So CLA, I would not want to put my dad in it. Um, maybe a loaded fusion. Who knows? He's a man of the people. You know, the crazy thing is, as of late, I have heard some not-so-flattering things about Ford's electrical systems and their newest vehicles. Yeah? Uh, lots of little gremlins from what I've You know, every time Ford introduces a new car, there's always seven recalls. So you gotta wait next year, I guess. Uh, And to be fair, they all have their fair share of recalls, but... They, but you know, Fords the, just seem to be especially dramatic. Remember when the Escape came out and they were recalling it because it would catch on fire? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, or the right ex- now or the Exploders. 
Yes. The Ford Exploders. Or the Focuses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the Fusion Titanium. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you know, my dad doesn't care about cars. But, um, Volvo. Someone suggested Volvo S60 T5. That's a good car. That's a good car. That I think we'd have car. to raise our budget to 40 grand. Because my parents still think the average cost of a car is, like, 19. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you're, you're lucky you're getting a stripped-out base model of anything for 19000 Well, my dad bought a Legacy in 06 for 21 grand. Yeah. So... Also, we bought a Chevy Lumina in 97 for 14 grand. So that's the sort of mentality they're coming at. Yeah. They're cheap Asians. Come on, Chris. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, that, well, I find that my parents have lost reality, you know, lost touch with reality in regards to car pricing, too. And they're like, what can I get for 19000 I'm like, you can buy a, a Mitsubishi used, Mirage. You can buy a lovely used automobile for that kind of money. You know, actually, that is a good thing. We could go two, three-year-old used cars. We've, my, dad's yeah. always ne- my dad's never bought a used car before, but a few years ago, we, started, we bought a used Civic Coupe for my mom. Then we bought a used RSX. So I think he's okay with the idea of buying a used car as long as it's like certified and crap. Yeah, Check and, the and you know obsessively. what? My and my suggestion time and time again is, it's, especially if you're going to go luxury, right? Buy it from CarMax. We don't have CarMax on the East Coast, do we? Uh, yeah, there are. So, yeah, there are because my friend manages one. I thought CarMax was the evil empire, Chris. Um, they suck if you're trying to sell your car to them, but if you're buying your car from them, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Especially if it's a car that you know is potentially prone to things that. Do will they break. do CPOs like from the factories? No, but what they do is they've got their own certification program, and then they've got their own warranty program to okay. where they will fix anything. Do they do they know the specific quirks of specific models? No, they don't no. really care. They'll basically sell you the warranty for like three grand, and it's their used warranty is as good as most manufacturers' new warranty. What's their used warranty? It's like uh, the deductible is like five hundred bucks to fix anything. Okay, it's it's crazy good. Nice. So my suggestion to everybody, go out and buy used SL65s from CarMax and make them, them wish they never, ever sold you the $3,000 warranty because it's going to cost them $30,000 to fix anything on that car. Will they, will they pull some bullshit on you where you're like, oh, you, were, you used launch control too many times or something like that? No. No? They don't no, give a shit? They're not going to do that. That's I mean, if there's obvious idea. signs of abuse on a vehicle or, or like modification or anything, right. of course, just like anybody else, they're going right. to sever the warranty. But... If you go and you buy, you know, like I said, an SL65, I was, I, I was, you know, told a story by a friend of mine that, that works at CarMax. They sold an SL65. I think that was the model. Um, the guy comes back a week later. He had bought the warranty, and they had to put $18,000 into it after the guy had just bought the car. You was just driving it as you would an SL65. Yeah, I think it was like a, a transmission gone or something like oh, that. Psh. Yeah. So is CarMax, like, haggling? Can you haggle at no, CarMax? No, not at no? all. The price is what the price is, but if you're going, if you can buy it, you can get good deals, especially on like German cars there. Okay. Because, so going back to before yeah. we before we demand sponsorship from CarMax, um, two three year old German car around under thirty grand, around thirty grand. Uh, RS four. No, no, I'd buy that for myself. <laughs> um, like a five series, like a E sixty five series. No, that's kind of crappy, right? Yeah, they they can be a little problematic. You know, maybe, I mean, is he looking to buy a German car? Uh, he, you know, he's, he wants to move up to that class, yeah. Like you an 03 series, maybe. Your dad. Maybe an E60. You could do that, but if he wants something that he's not going to have to fuck with, I would tell him, go look at an old, go look at a used Lexus. 
No, I know. Okay. You know, That's always that or the other one that I absolutely love, Hyundai Genesis for the money. Not the not the coupe. It is it the is the sensible man's car. It is very sensible. It's, it is it's very down. It's like what Volvo's used to be. It's a five series or or yeah, it's like a five series or an e or an E class for half the price. I told my dad to get a Genesis like two years ago when it just came out. And I was like, Dad, you're fantastic. Look at this car. The Infinity M cars are really good as used cars too. That's true. That's true. M thirty five, M forty five, great cars. Um, maybe and a G thirty seven sedan. You can probably get those kind of cheap. Yeah, the only thing is, that, you know, your dad's still living in Massachusetts. Yeah. I was thinking the all wheel drive route. Well, G thirty seven X. Yeah. Although I don't, I have no idea what those are like on a long term basis. Maybe he might even want a coupe. Maybe the G thirty seven. Yeah. Coupe. Or you know, uh, actually, what else no, 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 no. Sorry, he's not a douchebag. Never mind. You know what else is a good car? It would be a great car for New England. Uh, an Infinity FX. A little, little, little bit big, of ground clearance big. to it. It's it's. Did basic. the EX ever have four wheel drive? I don't know. Okay, I know the FX did. The FX is cool. I do like the FX. Yeah, because the FX is the one that was based on the G thirty five or G thirty seven. Right, and chassis. it looks like an angry cheetah with a backpack. Yeah, sorry, a bionic cheetah. Uh, Infinity's terms. It'd be a good car for New England though, because you get that little bit of ground clearance, so you don't have to worry about the frost heaves and so on and so on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He um, might go back to the. I have friend, I have uh, family in New England that also swears by M class Mercedes. Okay. Um, surprisingly, they've been pretty good to them too. Nice. Um, so that'd be a good option for your old man to look at. Friend but, of mine, friend of mine's dad just bought it. He lives in Pennsylvania. He just bought a G class GL. Sorry. Yeah, G wagon. Yeah. No, not the G wagon. Or GL, GL, the big okay, one. Yeah, Four fifty. Very yeah. good car. That was actually Auto Week's best of the best SUV last year. Really? Very good car. Yeah. You like? What did you guys have for the best car of the year last year? Do you remember? I think Boxster. Yeah, was it was Boxster. It was the Boxster. I guess I could get by. For a lot, what came out last year, that'd probably be about right. Yeah. So Boxster is pretty great. Although, um, I did drive one this year, and you know the best car I've driven this year? I don't know if I've talked about this on a podcast yet. Lotus Evora. I don't think we did cover the Evora. Best car I've I remember, driven yeah, this year. I remember, yeah, because I was up, I met you up on Mulholland, <clears throat> um... Which is Ten minutes after Jay Le- before Jay Leno showed up in not a Lotus but a a an LCC Rocket designed by Gordon Murray tandem seating and hey you can't you can't tiny. fault me on that the very no, no, close no, I'm in not, the I'm heritage not, I'm not faulting you I'm not faulting you. <laughs> you you'd have to talk to me the guy who knows about small cars yeah because they can fit in them but does that not that car has a lot of similarities to an early that is Lotus, true you so. know Jay Leno showed up this weekend in a in a fire truck converted to hold motorcycles. Because that's oh, what you that. do I know when you're one. Jay yeah. Leno. Yeah. Actually, I believe that car belongs to his mechanic, but still. Um, yeah, I believe that, that belongs to Bernard, me. but still, it's badass. That's Well, what is he? Is it modded? Or is it just a big Oh, it's just car? like all rebuilt from very oh, okay. big, Yeah. It's basically a new vehicle. <clears throat> you yes. know. Yeah, you can haul motorcycles in it. Yeah, that's cool. On it's, your way to a motorcycle accident. Absolutely. And that's, that's almost exclusively what Mulholland is for. Motorcycle accidents. Yes. All the time. Uh, for anybody that does not understand what the hell Mulholland is, just look up Mulholland Motorcycle Crash. You'll What's have his name? Ricky Racer? Results. Ricky Racer on YouTube, I think, right? The guy that films that one corner. Oh, yeah. Overlook. He's definitely had me going up there a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's good fun. If you're ever out here visiting California and you've got a fun rental car of any sort, right. do yourself a favor. Or a not fun rental car that you just hate. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Go drive Mulholland. It's a lot of fun. So basically, go go to 105 and then 405 North and take the 10 and take the PCH. And, no, take PCH and go up. The Californians. 
Yeah, go up to Mulholland where well, you belong. Yeah. There you go. We just had to end on that note. All right. So um, on that note, should we take a little break here? I think or? we should take a break. I need more water. Okay. Sounds good. This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We've uh, refilled on water because it's nice to stay hydrated. Uh, Blake actually caught me up on um, some V-School driving tips. Yes. Um, um, trail braking. Mostly, the, the biggest trick you need to know is that you always have to have the radio turned to Sirius XMU because that's where the latest hits of the 2000s come in. I don't know. Really? Yes. The 80s, 90s, and today? Yes. Wow. With the one-hour power hour, no commercial interruptions, all the way through noon. Ooh. What about the time? Do they interrupt with the time every five minutes? Yes, they do. How about weather, weather, weather? Well, weather on the eights. On, on the eights. Sweet. And traffic with your guy, Guy McPherson. Ooh. In the News Chopper 5 helicopter. And what about the token guy that does all the weird voices? Wow, that'd be me there, Chris. Yeah, he's clearly not here today. Anyway, Um, so morning zoo crap aside. uh, Well, Chris, so we even got a podcast. um, Well, we're going to go to one subject that that seems to be not too far removed from that. So the morning zoo shenanigans. Yeah, the reality show. Yes. Um, The fine people who gave us Project Runway have given us something that we can watch without our girlfriends. Wait, we're not supposed to watch. We don't have girlfriends. I'm so alone, Chris. Hold me. Oh, God. Okay, anyway, um, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know where... <laughs> you went for the... <laughs> we watched Project Runway by ourselves, and I went for the being alone. Yeah. So, it's very apropos. Neither of one of them too far from the truth. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, it's called Revved Up. Revved Up. Revved Up. Vroom, revved Up. Is it necessary that the announcer comes in saying it like that? He has to. Okay. And now, stay tuned on Bravo for Revved Up. So, he's got to say it like it's a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Why else would he call it Revved Up? That's such a cliche Yeah, You know what? I'll tell you why it's called Revved Up. Because it's another car show from people that don't know anything about cars. They should call it Project Racetrack. That would not make as much sense. But it's better than Revved Up. You know, that was the alternate title for Cops. Project Racetrack? Yeah. Or Revved Up? Uh, no, Project Racetrack. I think that was the alternate title for Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Okay. Which so, was a great show. Yeah. Yeah, I like that show. I guess. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Revved Up. So it's... Okay, well, okay so, this so is, let's explain the premise. Um, it's basically you pit car de- amateur car designers of which I used to be one, against each other. And then I guess at some point you well, get some these celebrity aren't judges. full amateurs, though. These are people that are actually going into this business. Right. So they're art center students. Right. And so it's not like these are a bunch of talentless, like, yeah. newbies. Then, these, are, these are people that are right. studying this. Which is kind of like how everyone on Project Runway is, like, in some sort of fashion program. Right? Yeah. Even, yeah. even your biggest idiot on those shows has some idea what they're talking about on these realms. Right. So, okay, so you get a bunch of art center students. And um, sucks. Yeah, right. Um, and I guess they sketch something, and at the end of the show, one of them wins, and it gets built, and there's, like, a celebrity judge. Are there any car celebrities out there besides Chip Foose? Um, other than people we know, which really is stretching the term celebrity. So Matt Ferry is a judge. Uh, Corolla will be there. Ah, uh, um, wow, wow. Hey, yeah. Yeah. I like Corolla, but yeah. Jay Leno? Uh, well, 
No, Leno won't do it because there's not ninety million dollars in somebody to fuck at the end of the day. Yeah, well, um, I don't imagine for that, dude. That's gross. No, no, I meant fuck over and take their job. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that was mean because uh, Jay's been nice to me. But um, he's a nice guy. Um, yeah, I don't know how, who the hell they're gonna. Well, get. they probably have to get a bunch of like you know they get Friedman Thomas. And Watch, they'll get uh, Tom Matano, Jesse James. They'll probably oh, grab Jesse, Jesse James. James. They're, they're, yeah, they'll they'll get a bunch of car designers that yeah. like your average person's not gonna know. They could get Ralph Gilles. Who is the sexiest man of in Detroit? Ralph Gilles would not be a bad guy to pull in. Although, you know what would be great is if they got some design people that weren't necessarily automotive designers but were good. You know, if you got like a really good architect or if you got a really good industrial designer or somebody along that. That would be cool. To, yeah. to actually give you some perspective that wasn't this industry circle jerk that the show's inevitably going to be. Right, exactly. I think the issue that's going to come into the with this show is the exact same thing that's going to go on what happened with the car show, and that it's going to be run by people that are adhering to a budget, and it's being and decisions are being made by people that don't know the first thing about cars or still telling a story, right? Which is almost every producer in this town. Right? They might get Dan Neal. That see, but you know. Dan and, and Dan Neal and, and Matt Farah have both been attempting to get a good car show made, right? And that's for that's, years now. Oh yeah, for a yeah. long time. It's hard to get anything quality made, and the I, I think it's commendable how decent Top Gear America has become. It's yeah. obviously not as good as the British Top Gear, right? But I think for American television, we're we're I'm shocked that it's as good as it is. Do you think? Do you think the hosts of Top Gear are household names like Tim Gunn from Project Runway, James May, Jeremy Clarkson, and, and those guys are household and, names in England? Yeah. Do you think Tanner Faust, Adam Ferreira, and the other guy in different who's circles, the other guy? Oh, Rutledge. Yeah, Rutledge would. Okay. Rutledge is known for NASCAR, right? You know, so there's an entire segment of the population that right. gets him there. Tanner obviously is known by drift happy kids, right? And, and Adam's a great comedian. Adam is a fantastic yeah. comedian. He has a and I, I, you know, I'd specials. been watching Adam Ferrara. I'd seen Adam Ferrara a number of times, probably 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, Same here. He's a, you know, there's a great bit from him. Just look up YouTube. On YouTube, look up Adam Ferrara shoe sale. It's no, that's a good one. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, just look up his Comedy Central special. Um, He's got a few. Um, but back to the, the you know... What's they're not, the they're not household names. Rev yeah, down. but then again, like, can you name any of the members from Duck Dynasty? And that's a huge show right now. I, I've never once seen that show. And Me I neither. Just had the, I just had the premise of it explained to me yesterday. What is the premise? Uh, apparently it's a farm where they raise ducks or something. I don't fucking Ladies know. Ladies and gentlemen, this is America in 2013. Well, no, you know what this is? This is a reflection of the fact that I'll be 31 in like three weeks. And you're, you're what, 25, Blake? Yeah. Okay, we're not buying cable anymore. <laughs> I don't have a TV in my house, and I'm not even saying that to be a like a pompous dick. I just don't have a TV. No, you got your laptop. I don't have a toaster have, oven and either. We're sitting in front of. I've got a giant fucking TV in my yeah, house. Yeah, but you got to. That's video mostly games. for video games and movies and porn. No, actually, no porn on that. Okay, good. It'd be just. Weird. Let's just end that subject right there, yeah, Chris. Okay, that's weird. Let's go back to. Um, Project Racetrack, which is what I'm calling it now. Project now Racetrack? On. Project Racetrack. Okay. You know, actually, if they're using a bunch of uh, car design students, they're essentially just fast-tracking their um, studies. Because at the end of, like, year five at Art Center, you get a clay model made and everything, and you show it off, and you get, a, like a, you get like the fiberglass model of your 
design thesis made and everything, and you show it off. Congratulations. For $180,000 in education, you get a tiny fiberglass model. Well, you also get, like, you know, resumes and networking yeah, with actual know. companies and stuff. Right. But, uh, you know, because, like, a lot of designers have come from Art Center. Oh, yeah. I mean, the every major designer Southern California is, is there or absolutely the hub of automotive design. The one, Almost every CCS. major... Amer- every major American mark here is is designed here. A lot of the German stuff is designed here. Almost all of the Japanese stuff is designed like within five miles of my house where we're sitting right now. Yeah, um, go to Torrance, California. The only stuff that's really not designed here is some of the expensive British and Italian stuff. Everything else is mostly designed here. What about I, German stuff? Some of the German stuff's done here too. Yeah, but a lot of it's still back in Munich or Ingolstadt. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, there's enough of it here that I can say it's it's interesting that they're doing it. That's true. At least the concept cars always come from – they always seem to come from California because they want to capture the American lifestyle. Californians. Well, I mean, to be fair, we are still their biggest market. Yeah, for anything. Cars. All cars, basically. So, you know, this show – I don't know. If if they can pull it off with marketing, it'll – it has the potential to be a sensation for better or worse. Like Project Runway, they have like Project Runway branded clothing and posters of Tim Gunn everywhere. And, you know, whoever the host is going to be is going to be a household But you know name. what? I say on that show, if you could, you know, hearkening back to what I was just saying with bringing an industrial designer. I think that like a guy like Tim Gunn would be an interesting guy to have on there for a week as... A celebrity As a judge. celebrity judge, just because that is a man that his entire life is based around aesthetic decisions. Right. That's exactly the kind of guy that I'd like to see his perspective on. And, and he's just an interesting that, kind of yeah. smart guy. Yeah. So. And he's not a car person. And, you know, you're going to be designing cars for people that aren't car people. But mm-hmm. good design is good design no matter who it's targeted at. Exactly. You yeah. know, it's so not... You get Jonathan Ive on there. That'd be fantastic. Uh, or, you know, you, some Apple I, You'd designer. never get it, but I would love to see Jonathan I And for the uninitiated, he is the man behind every single Apple design of the last 15 years or so. Yeah, you get him on there. Um, resurrect runs, Steve Jobs through a voodoo seance. Yeah, and, and regardless of whether or not you like Apple or not, because there's all these people that get this hard on for hating on them. Um, right. And they're you called can't deny their industrial design is some of the prettiest stuff that's ever been made. Yeah. It's like Braun in the 60s. Uh, yeah, or, or he just designed a uh, Leica camera, too, that's absolutely gorgeous. Jonathan Ive, yeah. yeah. I wasn't um, too sold on the Leica, but I do know what you mean. Well, it's, so. a, it's a charity thing. They're selling it, and it's going to be exorbitant. It's probably going to sell for like a couple million dollars. Right, okay. Um, they're only yeah. building one of those Leica cameras? Yeah, it's just a one-off. It's, just, it's a wow. charity auction. Okay, that's impressive. I thought they were going to do like a limited 1,000 production run or something. No, no, it's a, it's a one-off. I always just thought it was a prototype, too. So, okay, I'm going to look into that because it's probably based on some current Leica M. Oh, yeah, almost assuredly. Um, But obscure camera designs and such aside, you know, this show has the potential to be cool, but I almost guarantee it's going to be awful. Yeah, and you're also you also got to keep in mind it's aimed for people that don't know any much about cars, but are willing to right. watch stuff about cars. The real car people are going to be like Hoffmeister Kink and stuff like that. There's one show that I catch every now and then. Um, after typically after I wrap up doing uh, Smoke and Tire podcast, I'll sit down with um, with Nino that some of you may know from there. And there's this one show that he's always watching. That's like monster makeup artists. Oh, that's cool. And that's actually a cool one just because it's not all douchey and everything. And, right. yeah, they play up the drama angle, which I hate about reality shows. Is there a drama angle when it comes to makeup? No, not really. They like, just this is... play it up just because it's television. Right. 
But if they did it in that same sort of way to where it was like the monster makeup people and they showed them, it was more kind of in the vein of the artwork itself and not the drama surrounding all the crap. Right. It might be interesting. But to be honest, they're going to have to inject a lot of drama into it because, frankly, designers are typically kind of quiet people yeah. that are sitting there drawing. There's and they're, not- they're competitive, sure, but they also are willing yeah. to help each other out. Because it's a tough program they're in at Art Center, you know? You know, when you are when you go into a discipline like, you know, automotive design and development, there is no rock star. It's a team game because yeah. there there's so many different aspects. So the thing is, you, I don't think you're going to see that hyper-competitive thing that you would get with certain other things. Just because by the very nature of the people that kind of get into that sort of thing, they tend or, to be a little yeah. more mellow team players. Or what if we call this? What if we call this now? Like this show might just spur the rise of the celebrity auto designer, which would be a stretch. But you know, Ralph Gilles was the face of Dodge for a while. I for think, example, you know, you've got Ralph Gilles. Buick brought back Harley Earl for a campaign yeah. back in the but, early I mean, 2000s, and that how was How many big-name automotive con- designers can you name off the top of your head? Right. But then how, how many chefs could you name 10 years ago? Besides well, that's Lagasse. a whole other fad that you could get me going on and bitching about right. for an hour. But it's, you know, the most recent one that I can think of that was really, really well-known and, so, and infamous among some is Bangle, Chris Bangle. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, you know, who penned all the BMWs for quite some time. Right. Um to varying degrees of success. I think some of them are absolutely gorgeous, and a lot of people really don't like some of them. Um, and he also set the template for modern car design. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Period. you have some very iconic designs going around these days. Like, you know, you've got your, your new Caddy lineup is one of the most consistent brand designs um, across the board. There's very few brands that have that same design language implemented very, very well across every single Same model. with Mazda, because Mazda's even, the, even well. the grinning face things, you might not like it, but you can always know it's a Mazda. That is true. And, and not think, just looking at the grill or the badge, because a lot of car designs are just like a grill. Since splitting from Ford, and I, and I made this comment yesterday, since splitting with Ford, Mazda has done pretty much nothing but positive moves. It's because they have to, because they have to claw their way to relevance and sales success, because they lost a lot when they lost Ford. Yeah, they did. Uh, so new engine lineup completely. Yeah. Sky Active is going to be completely implemented by the end. Like, the Mazda Miata is probably the last car without Sky Active, and that's coming out next year. And um, so they had to do completely new engines from the ground up, completely new design language. They hired Franz von Hofsafasa from the Vaterland. I think he used to be at Audi, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I think he used to be at Audi. Now he's at somewhere else. Um, maybe Infinity. I, I don't know. But he was a big. He was a well-known guy before he came up with their new smiley face, also known as the Nagari design language. So he revamped Mazda from there. Right. I think, and there are certain cars that that works on better than others. It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with the Miata with the current design language. It'd be nice if the Miata got a little angrier looking and a little less friendly looking. I talked to I. Talk to I think uh, Derek Jenkins and he says it's not going to be that different from the current one That's because the current one has the five point face right, but it's already less angry than less smiley than before. I mean that's what the I mean. Mi- the Miata is there's no denying I I like the Miata and it's a great right. handling car. Right, it's just always been very soft in the appearance. 
it, exactly. Yeah, like my generation Miata, ninety nine two thousand, an oval, not very very. I like um, the, I kind looking. of like the ones that t- that come right after yours, where they were a little more angular. They weren't angular. They they did kind of look a bit grinny after two thousand one, two thousand two. They looked a bit grinny, and you'd have to get the uh, sport package, like on the Mazda speeds, for them to look angry. Yes, and I think angry. those looked okay. But yeah. since then, I just they just so. Happy little car thing. The first like, generation was also very neutral. I, I think Miatas yeah. look best when they're just ovals, neutral. The first Miata was an oval the fir- bumper. The first Miata was a product of its time. Right, exactly. Because if you look at that... Well, aside from pop-up headlights, the, too. The Viper and the Miata came out at roughly the same era. And they're vastly different cars, but there are design cues that you can see that carry over between those two yeah. cars. Even the though o- they proportions occupy, of the oval and the... Yeah. Overall proportions, for example, and there is a kit that will make your Miata look like a or Viper. The, there stupid. was one car of that era that was entirely comprised of ovals. The Ford Taurus. The Ford Taurus. Yeah. Every ang- every surface on that car is an oval. That was to jelly bean curves what the '59 Eldorado was to fins. Although the '59 Eldorado looks good in the Ford Taurus, I don't think is ever going to be appreciated for its design, nope. myself included. And they sunk so much into that car. Yeah. They sold a shit ton of them. Oh, yeah, totally. It was successful. Oh, yeah. God-awful car, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, that's, yeah. again, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really, I do agree with you on the Miata, and I think the next one's going to be... Um, I'm really curious to see how the next Alfa Romeo is going to look, because if it's anything like the 4C, or even that, that concept that came out with a few years ago that was stunning, if it's anything like that concept... Alpha to me is very hit or miss. It it really is. Um, I like the four C in a lot of regards. I hate the headlights. The headlights on the 4C. are stupid. The, it looks like you know what the headlights. Remind they me? look unfinished. They look like spider eyes. That's creepy. It, yeah. It, it looks like that and like the TVR have that same wacky headlights. Yeah, but at least TVR had the good sense to paint them body color. Yeah, the the, the headlights on the four C is going to be like the first aftermarket thing that somebody's going to come along and fix. God, I hope so. Um, but I do like the four C. I loved the eight C. I think that's a, one of the most beautiful contemporary designs. Yeah, it's too bad it just drove like shit. Yeah, and they only made like two. Yeah, um, and they were all both five hundred thousand dollars or something absurd. Like I that. don't know, and, and you know, and the other thing is, is, it seems as though they're going to fuck the Fiat dealers in yeah. regards to the four C. Because they kept they pumping up all these guys, Fiat's coming back, Fiat's coming back. And they're selling them at Maserati dealers. Right. They're gonna sell the four C's at the Maserati dealers. And the other thing is is that I think that Fiat's not long for the US market because now that Chrysler's more or less trying to give them the middle finger, um, I think that's gonna that's gonna force Fiat right Chrysler's out of the Chrysler's finally taking like just taking the money and running and taking all of taking a lot of Fiat platforms and using their resources and you know, at the same time, yeah, fucking the dealers. And really not giving back much. You know, Which is funny, because isn't that what Mercedes did to Chrysler? Uh, a little bit. No, because Chrysler got more Mercedes parts than, That's true, than yeah. Mercedes got Chrysler parts. And for good reason, because right. Chrysler stuff is still Chrysler stuff. Right. But um, Mercedes did kind of like give them all those parts and then like let the well of money run dry for Chrysler. That is true. And that's why we have the Dodge Nitro. Yeah. That is true. Um. But yeah, I think they're going to end up screwing over Fiat on this whole deal. Um, and Alfa Romeo's still not going to come back. Come on, let's face it. No, I, I, I no, it's not going to come really back. Really, don't think that Alfa's going to come back. Um, they'll come back in 2016. We'll get a 4C. We'll get a 4C. They won't sell any of them. Right. And that'll be that. Yeah. 
Uh, they've been talking about Alpha coming back to the U.S. market since since um, since Alpha left. Well, they've been talking seriously about bringing it back, like with actual business plans and people behind them since at least since I was in college. <clears throat> since at least two thousand two, right? Since I was in college, right? Exactly. You know. Well, I didn't. I didn't know when you were in college. Yeah. Um. So, you know, when that they were talking about seriously bringing the Alphas back, and the Fiat five hundreds over. When the C6 Corvette was just coming out, and that they was had just un- unveiled 2006. 2005, yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it. So that, and that's when Alpha Design was at its peak. Well, they had the 159, which is a gorgeous sedan, and then around the corner was the Barrera. Yeah, but the problem is that a lot of the Alphas of that generation are all front wheel drive. That's true, and you know that rumor that Autocar ran with in England, they were like, "Oh, Alfa Romeo is going to switch completely to rear wheel drive." No, they won't. No, they won't. That's stupid. They're That's... not a high-end brand. They're not, they're not BMW. It's too late for them to do a 180 and be like, oh, we're tired of trying to pursue volume sales. We're going to just the only go way after the finicky, afford... the fickle uh, enthusiast market. The only way that you can sustain a rear-wheel drive um, car is if you have cheap front-wheel drive cars to meet fuel economy or, in, in Europe, carbon standards. And... It's also because you start you start suffering a little bit of a fuel economy uh, drop when you drive a rear wheel drive just by virtue of, you know, the inefficiencies of running a drive shaft and sometimes drive shafts with dual U joints and so on and so on. Um, you know, you get all that going, and, and the packaging too, and the packaging, you know, and and, and the really slow performance. most rear wheel drive cars end up being, I mean, with the exception of pickup trucks and the Mustang, rear-wheel drive cars usually end up being the premium products of a lineup. Yeah. Because the owners of those are willing to pay for the additional expenses and oftentimes the gas guzzler taxes associated Chrysler's with that. Chrysler's 300? Exactly. Right? Dodge's Challenger and Charger. And yeah, the Mustang is at one of the Ford uh, premium lineup in Ford because they don't have another sports car above the Mustang and it's their sports car. Yeah. So you can make an argument for that too. There's been some interesting developments. The Mustang seems to be kind of leaking out here and there. Yeah, you know, um, it really. You know, we've seen we've seen spy shots at the front end. We've heard rumors about its size. It's probably not going to get any bigger because if it, if it got any bigger, you need a CDL license. Yeah, the Mustang's gotten really big. I mean, and and not to say that like the Camaro's not a small car, and the Challenger is certainly not a small car. Yeah, the Mustang is the only one in that group that has a chance of being an actual sports car. I disagree wholeheartedly. What between the cha- between the Camaro and the Challenger? Uh no, the Camaro's when set up properly, the Camaro's easily as capable, if not more capable. Than I'm the talking straight out of the box base model. Base model. I'd say a base model V6 Mustang and a base model V6 Camaro are pretty even ground. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, they both make almost identical power. You know, they're not, either of them are not particularly nice cars, you know. Yeah. Um, you get that. But I think that, you know, the, the interesting thing that Ford thing does time and again is they keep trying to take their car that starts at $20,000 and then sell you a model for sixty grand. Shelby GT500. They need if they're going to sell you that kind of a car, they need to differentiate that as a different model. That's too much of that's too much of a price sweep to go from the cheap twenty thousand dollar car all the way up to the sixty thousand dollar. Yeah, but the it Mustang's always been a car for the people. Like you know, when the first came out, they were like secretaries oh, yeah, yeah. have them. I have no problem with the Mustang, but if you're going to try and hawk somebody a sixty thousand dollar car, don't make it the same car. 
Well, that's the under the Shelby brand. I think that's the Ford reasoning. For well, that. and here's hopefully that now that the old man's gone, the Shelby brand just withers and dies because it's been nothing but crap lately. Just tuned focuses and Raptors and Shelby's become just another focus, uh, Ford tuning company like they've Roush become or, Roush or Celine, but they do it better. Roush and Celine do it better. Yeah, Roush and Celine do it better. And 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 I think we had I can't remember if we you and I had this conversation or not, but you had that Raptor, the the. Shelby Raptor. Which was incredible, but you can just buy all the stuff yourself. Or, you know, you can go and literally get an almost identical kit from John Hennessy. Right. Like, same parts, quite literally, without all the, the tacky Whipple supercharger, graphics, right? Right. And, you know, they'll do the suspension or whatever you want to, hell you want to do. Like, almost the same stuff, because these guys aren't building their own superchargers and right. stuff. You can go and get that for, like... A lot less money, and without all the tacky graphics and everything, why the hell would you hand the money then to to um, Shelby? Shelby is still building the continuation cars, though, to be fair. Yeah. Which is basically just the same Cobra, but you get a VIN so you don't get sued. Yeah. Because they'll still probably do that. And I'd, I would love to build a Factory 5. You and I both from New England. They're there was in an interesting Rome. ruling that came up this week. Uh, oh, yeah? I think it was in a... It was in a Florida court with a federal judge that said that uh, reproduction cars are no longer legal. In Florida? No. This may actually have repercussions throughout the entire country. Unless they're a licensed product, their tribute cars are no longer allowed. Well, that's the thing, because anyone building a Cobra kit will not actually be building a Cobra kit. They'll be building something with its own name. That's the point now, is that... You can't. These manufacturers can't build this stuff now without licensing the design. Oh, if, so if, it's a completely trademark thing. Oh yeah. If this it, if this ruling holds, then you're the days of knockoff GT40s and knockoff. Well, Cobras. you're not helping by calling them knockoffs. Yeah, but kit they cars, are knockoffs. Kit cars, right? Well, they, let's call it, you know spade a spade. It, yeah. it is you know it's they're knockoffs. Knockoff. You know, you, right. you assemble them, but they are meant to look almost identical to the original car. All right, guess it's time we better all buy our Factory Five Copras for fourteen grand right now. Yeah, well, I think Factory Five might actually have a license because I think they'd already had legal issues with Shelby. But yeah, um, I think they, them, and Superformance. Yeah, really. But really you're like ERAs, maybe shit out of luck. What about Beck too with the Speed Five Fifties and the Three Five Sixes? Exactly. Inner Mechania, um, the guys down in True Speed who will build a uh, Three Five Six replica for eight grand. Eight yeah. grand. I mean, it's got a Beetle engine, but you know the originals did. Too. Yeah, it's still cool though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's silly um, that people are. You know, if you're not producing the good anymore, and it's been quite some time since you made it, relinquish the copyright, relinquish the trademark. You know, let. You know. You know, I think from the go. manufacturer's point of view is like some shady company builds a shit Porsche kit and then it gets wrecked and then like people will think, oh, it's a Porsche that got wrecked. Yeah. Because they're idiots. Because people are idiots. So um, from the manufacturer's side of things, they, you know, if there is a system, then the manufacturers will have to work out who they license it to. And if the license ruling goes through, so that's just quality control at that point. Yeah. So I see on the list here, you act, you added the Dodge Durango RT. Yes. What is the deal with that? It's slightly lower. It's got a sport exhaust. It looks ridiculous. Uh, Mr. Zach Clapman, who is the other guy that uh, that helps with the production of this show. Um, May he rest in peace. Lot- Just kidding. He's in Panama still. I think they're flying back from Panama right now. Oh, okay. I'm guessing they either have some sort of 
pathogen picked up from the water or potentially some sort of new venereal disease that we don't yeah, even I'm have Yeah, I'm glad I don't live yet. around Playa del Rey anymore because I've probably just see that cloud of Nobody needs to go to hepatitis. Playa del Rey. That is just nothing but it is it's a sludge comprised of cheap liquor store vodka um and cocaine slurry and your venereal disease of choice. And 30-year-old dudes that still think you're in college that bathe in that every yes, day. Yes, that's Playa del Rey yeah. in Los Angeles. Zach um, is 30. Yeah. No, there Zach is 31. Yeah. Um, Moving yeah. on. That, the Dodge yeah. Durango RT. We're all the same age. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, Dodge Durango RT is uh, he had nothing very nice red. Things to say. It's, it, what? He had nice things to say about the Durango RT. It's, it's a great car. The transmission's great. The engine sounds awesome. The intake sounds terrible, but the exhaust sounds great. Mm -hmm. It's very, very smooth. It's very. It's a great. It rides really well. That's got the Hemi motor in it, right? It's got the Hemi. Yeah. I'm getting shit mileage, 16 miles per gallon. Is it the? It's shit mileage because they say you can get like 22 to 25. It's shit mileage because it's a Durango with a 5.7 liter V8. In it's it. it's also the size of a. Country. Is it the 5.7 or is it 5.7? 5.7 six, seven, six seven. or 6.4? It's the 5.7. Yeah. I think it's like 360 horsepower, 390 torques. Which makes almost no sense because that's not that much more power than the Pentastar motor. Uh, I think, I think the Pentastar is like 310? No, the Pentastar is a bit less than that. I think it's like but still, that's, that's 285 not that, or something. But yeah. actually, the Pentastar is really great. I drove the Pentastar before on a press launch, and it's um, it's also got the eight-speed transmission. It's really all the power you need unless you're hauling like yachts. Now, did this have any of the weird transmission stuff that like was going on with their equivalent Jeeps? No, no, this transmission is fantastic. The Jeep, okay. they add one gear and they fucked it all up. It's they're both ZF units. The I don't think Jeep that I think the awful. new Chrysler, the nine speed, I think is a Chrysler thing though. I don't think that's a ZF. I think it's licensed from ZF though, but assembled by Chrysler. That might explain in all a the few usual things. Chrysler quality. That might explain a few things. Yeah, um, and if you people haven't noticed at this point, I've had my issues with Chrysler products, and I don't give them a lot of slack at this point. No, I don't blame you. Um, but the eight speed's great on there. It's actually what's new for 2013. They redid the IP, so it's got Uconnect. It's got the new screen in the middle for gauges, and they're both. Uconnect was designed by. Like, is it the comically small screen like in the? In no, the it's a charger? huge screen. Okay. Uconnect works really well, but the design, you know, it's like a generic font and everything's cluttered. Well, I just laugh just because Chrysler does the Uconnect thing, which is a decent enough system. Right. But in some cars, they'll put like a three and a half, four inch screen in the dash and be like, there. Like the it's one done. on the Challenger, right? Yeah, it's and ridiculous. And then the Charger has the new screen, and you can tell they're both designed by like a freshman graphic design major because it's all like cool graphics and lots of red and lots of background tiling and stuff and it's like you get a generic font that's like Arial. meanwhile 99 percent of the people that buy these are going to pair their their android or their iphone to it and that's going to sit on a little mount right above that and they're never going to look at the fucking units in the dashboard they're yeah. going to look at their phone the yeah exactly and you know what's funny is on the uh, center screen the speedo needle is digital mm -hmm. one it's pixelated and two when you floor it really fast, it's jerky. It's like, awesome. oh, you're at 60 now. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing, oh, wow, the consistency amongst their products is great. It doesn't matter how good some aspects of it are. Some aspects are still going to be so deeply flawed. It's like they're trying. They're trying to get to yeah. the, the technology level. Yeah, we got technology. Look, we got screens. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a nice job, Walter P. Chrysler. I'll pat yeah. you on the head. You still got a great building. I'll give them credit. The Hemi motor is a very good motor. 
Of course, that design's largely ripped off from other motors, but it's a good motor. It's yeah, it's a great motor. I've never heard of anybody having major issues with the Hemi motors. So the Durango is cool. It's mine. Mine is like ridiculously red. It's a fire truck. Yeah, it's and got that's graphite all, wheels on it. And at this point, that's fully a crossover. It's not body on frame at this point. No, it's not body on frame. Yeah. It's a unibody, and it's got three rows of seats. Um, the seats are nice. It's got a flip down DVD system and everything. I'm assuming all wheel drive. Mine's rear wheel drive. Yeah, it's forty one grand. Okay. Starts at thirty seven for the RT. Do you have that now? Yeah, it's downstairs. Actually, oh, I'll have to go look car. at it after. Yeah, yeah we will. Um, we'll go do burnouts in front of the Coles parking lot or something. Yeah, I'll grab the vet and you do that, and we'll grab do burnouts. Sweet. No, we won't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'm not Jeff Glucker. I'm not a raging. I'm not a I'm not a raging beast of a man like Jeff Glucker is. I would do burnouts except for the fact that tires are very expensive. Yeah, and um, you'd probably get arrested or something. This is really I'm not even that worried about that. I know places to go, but okay. yeah, tires, when they're 600 bucks a piece, you kind of go, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, exactly. My Miata has new tires on it, and I've never done a burnout in a Miata. Isn't, isn't, I probably could. Nah, you probably really would drive, super right? easy, but... Uh, it wouldn't be easy. I mean, I'd probably feel shitty doing it, but... I don't know. Can't you do a burnout in most a lot of things I, that are rear-wheel drive? Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. I, It'll be a the really, Miata's just not the most torquey motor ever. It'll be so. a very pathetic burnout. It'll be like shooting blanks. You could do it on a, on a damp day with cold tires yeah, very easily. Exactly. Um, and tires with no tread on them. Yeah. Then I just sold. Well, that's what that's so. what old tires are for. Is exactly. Right before you get rid of them, you're supposed to go burn the hell out of them. Yeah, my yeah. Our friend Corey did a uh, did uh, he and his buddies rented a skid pad out in Moore Park where they just did donuts and drifting all day. Okay, that sounds fun. Also, he just sold his Miata, so he's dead to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, not everybody can have a Miata forever. I've never owned one. I'm gonna try or yeah. die in the process. Um, how's your Corvette? Ah, uh, it's. It's that it's uh I'm about to hit three thirty thousand miles on it. Nice. I've had that since oh eight and I'm about to hit thirty thousand miles on it. I don't That's drive. That's kinda that sad, much. Chris. Well, it was my daily for a while right. and then I started commuting and I didn't and I had to park my car in a public garage. I didn't want to leave it where there were sticky fingers all day long. So Are I you ever gonna car. sell that car? Probably not. Right, you're you're one of those guys like me or Matt, never gonna sell that car. Pass it on to our grandkids, whether they oh, want no, it or not. Oh no, it's not even a sentimental attachment. It's 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 strictly a, a monetary thing. It's, it's just, just you like, can't get money for it. Well, no, it's it's still worth money. Oh, okay. uh, it's actually hold its. It held, so you know what? Surprisingly, it's held its value very very well. Even with the mods. Yeah, it's yeah, and there's nothing on there that couldn't be reversed very easily. Right. Um, now you have a you have the Grand Sport wide body kit or something. So that car started its life as a normal C6, yeah. um, 2008 manual. So it was the first year of the LS3, and they like did a whole bunch of tweaks to the steering. So it was like they finally got a bunch of shit really right on that car. Yeah. So that's when I bought it, and um, I, that car got hit in a Target parking lot. Nothing structural or anything, just fucked up the bumper and broke one of the headlights. Front bumper, okay, obviously. Yeah. So at that point... I was just like, fuck it. I'll just. I, I'd always wanted to do the wide body on it because I wanted to put some bigger tires on it. And um, so I took the opportunity to do that. And okay. Are you ever going to put bigger tires on it? Because right now it looks like you could fit a refugee family inside the wheel wells. Uh, yeah, I actually have lifted the car a little bit. I, the Corvette has a fully adjustable suspension stock, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so I have the ride height up almost as far as it can go. And that's mostly due to the fact that the roads here in Los Angeles are, are some of the worst I've ever driven on. Yeah. And I grew up in New England, so that says a lot. Which has snow. Yeah. 
We yeah. have Frosties there that literally rip the roads apart, and they're not as bad as the roads in L.A. Yeah, because they actually pay attention to roads in New England, and you um, pave them eventually. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. there's a bit of gap between the tire and the fender, but at the same time, I was also like, ah, I'm tired of scraping the car. So Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I was very practical about the whole thing. But yeah, so the, the vet's still going. I drove it like an asshole yesterday. Nice. All around Palos Verdes. Well, um, we're going to hang out on Sunday, and uh, you're going to be in the vet, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I might have the Volkswagen Scirocco R. That'll be a That'll cool be something car. I'll talk about next week. Are they bringing that to the U.S. market now? You know, here's the thing with Volkswagen. They gave us the GTD that Jeff, like, wanked all over. I love the GTD. The that GTD was, was fantastic. Car. Everyone who had the GTD was great. Especially because it was in Kermit the Frog Green. It was <clears throat> they, fantastic. They brought it over here. Exactly. They brought it over here. All the journalists wanked over that car. Yeah, I love it. And then a few that. months later, new golf comes out. Yes, we are bringing the GTD to America. Not until 2015. But they're still bringing it over. Yeah. So, Scirocco, they've, they've, it's gone on its world tour across America. Mm-hmm. That's right, world tour across America. And, um, well, we're the only continent that matters. Damn right, America. So, mm-hmm. it's been in Detroit. Auto Week's had it in Detroit. And now it's making its way up around all the uh, California journalists. So, I'm going to have it next week. So, there's a good chance. So, we'll there's a good chance we're going to have a Scirocco R in two years. Whenever the new Scirocco comes out. Yeah, which I like saying Scirocco. You know, the whole thing makes a lot of sense just because it's basically just a GTI with a slightly different body on it. Right, and uh, Volvo, uh, Volkswagen, a very different body, but yeah. If Volkswagen has the gall to give us a CC based on the last Passat and is really old now, and it's basically just a slightly swoopier Passat, then yeah, why wouldn't they bring a Scirocco here? I think Chrysler or uh, Volkswagen may actually be hitting. Wow, that was a weird. Hey, I said Volvo. You said I, Chrysler. I know. Uh, Volkswagen. We're not even drunk right now. No. Uh, Sadly. Volks- I'm just very tired. Same here. Um, Volkswagen may be going for some sort of a record here of three models of the exact same chassis from the same manufacturer at the same time. Jetta, GTI, and now Scirocco. And Golf and EOS. Well, I don't count the Golf, but EOS, that's that's a good that's point. That's four. The Golf just be Golf GTI, it's the same thing. Well, me. this is before they we get into MQB, which is going to be every car now. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So fanboys are going to be like, oh, your Audi a, a S7's just a friggin' Golf. And those people are terrible. Yeah. Although I still want, I still want an RS3. I really want to buy Audi's long-term, I mean, Auto Week's long-term S7 Baxter that I drove across the country. Oh, you named it. You named it. You know why I named it? Did I ever explain that? Uh, Because you tried to punt it off a bridge? No, 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 no. He he is my lovely Lyndon gentleman. But um, I got pulled over. Did he eat a whole wheel of cheese? He did eat the whole wheel of cheese. And then pooped in the refrigerator? Yes. I'm not even upset. I'm just impressed. Uh, Yeah. You know how to speak Spanish, which I don't. But um, I was driving in Colorado, leaving Colorado, and I got pulled over. Despite having two escorts in the windshield, the guy came behind me, didn't even turn on his radar, and he paced me. I'm going to hit you with the really bad joke. What were their names? Escorts? Uh, uh, Destino? And... (laughs) Destino. And Shiraco. R. Ooh, um, so they were male. That's that's not good. Yeah. Um, Well, I don't know. To each their own. It's 2013, Chris. I'm not going to judge. It's Colorado. Yeah. Well, it was Eastern Colorado, so they're not very liberal. So you went and there. picked up your legal marijuana and your and your male escorts. Yes, and um, drove, and you know I had two escorts in there and my weed. Um, yeah. I did not have any weed, but um, yeah, two escorts po- pointed forward, and I got busted doing ninety-two and a seventy-five. You probably didn't even know that you were going beyond thirty miles an hour in that car. 
he didn't. I'm glad he didn't get me ten minutes earlier because I was doing 130. Yeah, which but once again feels like nothing in that. The account. cop was really nice. He didn't even notice. He didn't even point out the radar detectors to me because I'm sure he would just had a field day with that. He's really nice. Asked me about the car. Um, his tag. His badge said Baxter, so that's his last name was Baxter. So ah. that's why we named the car Baxter. Well, there you go. In tribute of Officer Baxter of the Colorado. See, and I was thinking State it was Police. an Anchorman reference. Yeah. No. Although no, I could come up with a better Anchorman reference. Although what? Oh, speaking of Anchorman, you've got the Dodge the Durango, Durango, and then we got the whole Will Ferrell tie-in. I right saw now. one of those ads yesterday. He's he's looking old. He's got a receding hairline. I don't think it's a bit more need... jowly. Well, yeah, Will Ferrell's not a super young man, but. At the same time, it probably wasn't the most flattering lighting. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to go home and watch all of those. He did 70 ads or something. There, I, You know, I, I watched a, a few of them. Very hit or miss. I bet they are. The well, you do 70 of anything, the they're all hit or miss. Yeah. Um, 70 ads. Oh, Jesus, that's a lot of fucking advertisements. Yeah. I mean, Dodge's re- I really like Dodge's do campaign with the, this is how you do with something, something. I really like the quick cutting thing, the two robots making out, which is funny, and like stuff getting blown up. I really like how Dodge is just like, because this is a company that used to have, grab life by the horns. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Vaguely. I mean, they all get a little too over the top with the. Dodge is super over the top. You're a pussy if you don't buy one of our trucks. You're goddamn queer. Yeah, that uh, that whole fucking notion is that thing just, got him at you fucking faggot. What do you want? Do you want a Volkswagen Polo or do you want a real man's truck? Because yeah, what are you, you gonna, gonna do? Buy a Toyota Highlander? Your goddamn vagina? Yeah, it's we've gone way over the top with all that yeah. fucking. And by the way, I'm only quoting Dodge when I say fucking faggot. I just want that disclaimer to be. Well, that heard. was their ad campaign for assault. That two was years. their ad campaign was caliber because you're a neon because if you drive a neon, you're a fucking faggot. I think that was their actual tagline, wasn't it? Yeah, although I drove a neon for a while. But I do love me some sweet, sweet dick. No, just cock all day, man. Just yeah, all your, your two male escorts, Destino and Scirocco. Yes, Destino and Scirocco. I do like saying Scirocco. I used to think it was pronounced Seracio or something. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not good. That doesn't work. Seracio. Syracuse. Syracuse. Yes. Go orange. The all-new Volkswagen Syracuse. Which is very appropriate because all the sorority girls drove Jettas there. Yeah. Or, well, you know, it could just be frigid and depressing. That's true. Syracuse is very Syracuse. frigid and depressing. All the cars are orange because we're the and only school of whose mascot is a Syracuse, fruit. I apologize, and I'll send you a free pack of razor blades to ease the pain. I'll, I'll, I will give you a gift certificate to Dinosaur Barbecue. I went to Syracuse. Don't write, put your friggin' pens down. Get away from the computer. Stop writing that email. I can make these jokes. Okay, now that we've addressed that. Not a, yes, that disclaimer is out. Um, Syracuse rants aside, let's see, we've covered... Did you ever go to Syracuse? Like, uh, to visit? No, nobody goes to Yeah, I was visit. about to say, like, you have a, you have a, like a family friend there you, have to, you, you were forced to go to once. Yeah, uh, and my dad was stationed out there for the military when he was younger. And, and I don't know. Oh, okay. He was out at Plattsburgh, so... Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Uh, yeah, Air Force. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But 
like like we were saying before, there's kind of a lull in in the whole uh, industry news right now because we got SEMA coming up in a couple of weeks. All the big the announcements are coming show. out in LA, so everything that's news now is just stuff that's um, been leaked. I should probably make mention that uh, so myself and the rest of the Smoking Tire crew we're going to be doing some live uh, podcasts from the LA Auto Show. And we may be doing a meet and greet thing too. Uh, we'll give you guys further details on that as it comes up. I don't but even know about on, this. What's that? I don't even know about this. Uh, it's because it's brand new. This is new. Jeff's going to be at SEMA, right? Yeah, I think Jeff is going to be so there. So the Hooters so, crew is going to be at SEMA, and Jeff I might plan something. There's a damn good chance we're going to end up doing some podcasting from SEMA as well. Yeah. Um, and if anybody wants to come out and say hi, grab please, a beer, so. watch watch Matt get really drunk at some strip club. No, Farrah's not going to be there with us. Oh, okay. Uh, Matt is doing a little dance going, I don't have to go to SEMA. Yay! Watch uh, watch Zach and Chris bore strippers with talks of uh, Pontiac GTOs. Actually, Possibly. strippers like po- Pontiac GTOs, don't they? I don't know. No, they probably won't. They'll just. They'll, I don't have a great deal of insight into... It's a car that into... will remind them of the Cavalier they drive right now, because all strippers drive oh, Cavaliers. Oh, fuck you. I loved my GTO. Um, I like GTOs. I'm just giving you shit. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um... Yeah, so SEMA. Um, you can tell them you're from Florida. Strippers will all relate to I Florida. I am not from Florida. I just lived there for a while. You can tell them you lived in Gainesville. You didn't. You weren't from. You didn't. No, live I didn't live in Gainesville. I lived in Palm Tell Beach. them you were from Gainesville. Okay. Strippers love Gainesville. Nobody loves Gainesville. Strippers do. Okay, that's news. Because <laughs> um, it's depressing. It's not frigid, but it's depressing. Well, yeah. It's humid and depressing. Yeah, it's it's. I've been to Gainesville plenty of times because I had friends, of course, that went to school there. And oh, um, there's a school there. Yeah, is it a University it a... of Florida? Oh, yeah, it's kind of a big one. No, no, I thought it was in, I thought that was in <laughs> Tallahassee or something. No, that that would be the other giant state state school. Although all the Florida state schools are giant. I don't. It's like I mean, California. Syracuse, all the state schools are big. Syracuse played them in football, and I pretended Probably. to care. There was a leather wrapped thing filled with air. Gross. They got thrown around a field. How do you put it that way? Whatever. Um, Not in public, Chris. All right, so I think we may have on that bombshell after insulting most of the uh, the Big East schools and Pac-10 or Mid-Atlantic. I think or this might be uh, this might have been the most tangent-driven episode of the Hooniverse yet. It's your smoking tire influence. Yeah, we wander. Yeah, we wander. All right, on that bombshell, we're gonna call it and uh, good night, everybody. Good night, America. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.